Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan. Not only I'm with him, we are both together. Mm. In uh, we are in Tampa right now. We are at a hotel right across from Tampa Airport. Uh, we're doing one of our on location shows, so that means we will not be editing this podcast. So. What you hear is our raw thoughts. There'll be no editing of this. So if it sounds like complete garbage, we run off the rails and sound like idiots. Well, that's what you get when we're on the road. So bear have, with us. You'll have a, a good indication of how much work I do after the fact. Oh, brother. <laughs> well, so we're a little a little hoarse as well. We had a long weekend, but we're coming right off of a, uh, a Giants victory that neither one of us saw coming at all. No. Um, the Giants end the game 32-31 to over the Bucks on a game-winning missed field goal. And it feels like it's been a long time since that's happened to the Giants. It's going to be one of those games, Mike, in the grand scheme of things, this team might end up 4-12. and It might be completely irrelevant in the playoff picture this year. It might be a forgotten season, but goddamn. Yeah. When, you, when you're in the thick of it and, you know, so many things happen today, we have so many range of emotions, you know. You know, the first start of Daniel Jones, the injury to Saquon Barkley, mm. you know, the, the monster comeback, the, you know, the complete meltdown of the secondary, taking the lead when an, an amazing run by uh, Daniel Jones, which you never, ever would have saw in your life by Eli. Mm. Then the Bucks driving, you know, uh, Jameis hitting a, a deep bomb and then blowing a, a very, very makeable field goal. I, I'm just emotionally spent. I don't know about you, Grump, but I... I am just worn out. I'm, I'm never spent, um, and I have no emotions. So I was <laughs> fine. Uh, but, you know, there, there's a lot to take in here. I mean, I guess first and foremost, we, we have to really we, – we can't even start this broadcast without saying how well Daniel Jones did for a first start in the NFL. Yeah, I want to also preface my, my praise of him by praising the coaching staff as well. And yeah. again – Admitting that I was wrong. Yep. My big fear, and you've heard this all off-season and as soon as the, the Eli stuff began, was when this guy's ready to play, he will play. And I think the coaching staff did two things. He was Daniel Jones was ready to play, and they created a game plan and play calling that gave him the opportunity to succeed. I mean, coaching is all about putting your best players in the best positions to succeed. And as much as we rip on... Pat Shermer, he absolutely did that today. Yeah, I mean, when the game was getting ahead, Daniel Jones never really looked like the issue throughout the day. Um, he's got look, you know, we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not getting on our knees for this game, but uh, the things that he did wrong were very, very correctable things. I mean, his internal clock needs to start ticking a little bit faster, and if he's gonna get hit, he's got to put both hands on the ball if, it, if that's what it takes. However, that being said, I could not have begun to predict a 336-yard game with two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. That's incredible. That's and an 18-point comeback is is never in my life would I have thought that. We did some uh, last-minute internet research. We found out that uh, that with the uh, the two touchdowns rushing and and, re- and throwing and the, the 200 yards or whatever 300 plus yeah hasn't done by a rookie since 1970 which is crazy and um, the and the Eli stat how yeah he- Eli has never come back from an 18 point deficit 17 was his biggest and that was 2006 so he was fairly young when it happened but 
He's never been able to come back from that kind of deficit. Now, of course, that stat is going to be tied to Daniel Jones a little bit because he had to put up the points, but it goes without saying that for the second week in a row, we've seen the defense come out of the locker room at halftime with Mike's secret stuff from Space Jam where they just didn't have it to start the game. I mean, the beginning of the game, this was looking like it might get up to over 50 points. I was getting really nervous that this was becoming a barn burner. I want to say something right now, and you all know, because, you know, I'm a Florida Gator. I hype up the Florida Gators all the time. I've officially disowned Janoris Jenkins from ever wearing the orange and blue. Hmm. I never liked the guy when he was in school because he was a punk. He got thrown out of school because he kept smoking the doach all the time. Last year, he basically quit on the team and was brought back from the brink. Hmm. He flat out gave an effort, and I use that term extremely loosely. Hmm. That wasn't an effort today. That was an embarrassment. And quite frankly, you know, if this is a little later on in the season, I think his ass would have been bent. We never would have saw him ever again. I think this coaching staff still wants to try to compete in the moment of a game. Hmm. And... uh Mike Evans is a very good receiver. He's borderline elite in this league. Mm. And the way he was absolutely shredding him and the lack of effort that was obvious from uh, Grump and myself is unacceptable. So, fuck him. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm okay with him getting torched. I mean, if, if it happens, it happens. Look, the drop-off with these guys, it'll, it'll happen quick. you know. But there was the second touchdown, I believe, of the game for the Bucks was like this weird wide receiver screen. And it didn't even look like Jenkins moved. He just let it happen. Um, and he got burned real bad on the, I guess, the closing seconds of the game when Evans had some monster 60-yard reception or something. I mean, he just wasn't even ready for it, which is pathetic because Evans isn't a particularly fast wide receiver. He's strong. He's a good route runner. You know, he's got a big body, but he's not a burner. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ran right past Jenkins. It wasn't even close. He yeah. It, but with that being said, I think the talk of let's trade him is silly. If if, it, if a corner is not giving effort, nobody in the league wants to give up any asset whatsoever for him. He's not going to help any other team if he's not helping his current one. That's the perception he gets. No one's going to give up any asset. Even if you say we'll trade him for peanuts, nobody wants him. Yeah. So this silly idea of let's trade our worst players doesn't make any sense. Nobody wants your worst players. They want your best players. And it's going to be an organizational decision Are they just going to cut him, which is not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, this team is has tons of dead cap space as it is for this year. And, you know, it at this point now, you know, that's a decision they want to make. I mean, they've been, there's been a purge in this locker room. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned it last week on the show where the ones who chirp a bit the perception was from some people that left that they get rid of chirpy people. So maybe he's setting the wheels in motion with his mouth last week and his performance this week that he wants out of here. And guess what, Janoris? you got to show up to do that. First of all, you're not an elite cornerback. I mean, we're not going to have these same conversations about you that we did about Antonio Brown where it's a game-chasing franchise-level player. You're a slightly above cornerback in this league. And no one's going to put up with your horseshit. And other places, so well, that's a bummer. We going? Nope, we're still there. Wow, that was that was all right. So the uh, the cranky fan just dropped the laptop on the floor. So since we're not editing this, you get to hear what raw just giant sounds like. Yeah, there you but go. but anyway, back to my point. You're not on that level where you can kind of dictate the rules and what you want to do. So 
the decision is going to be made from the Giants from an organizational standpoint. Are they going to put up with his nonsense anymore or just, you know, cut ties? That's to be continued. Well, I, I, I mean, I will say given the youth, there's a, there's a better chance that he gets benched and he stays on the roster for, you know, the end of the year and maybe comes in if there's injury or something like that. But next year's cap hit for him, he's due to make $14 million against the cap next year, but with a dead cap of only 3.5. So I think there's a serious chance that he's just not back and he's just cut at the end of the year. He would have to majorly screw up this year, I think, for them to take the $7 million cap hit. I don't even think they can afford to cut him. They could also uh, just inactivate him too, and just well, yeah, yeah. Well, there's that. Um, but but the other thing about trading him is just remember he's no spring chicken anymore. He's thirty. Yeah, he's thirty now, so he's not on the up and up, and is he's not Jalen Ramsey where he's on his rookie deal. He's super young. He wants out of whatever situation because of his coach or any other any other reason. He is he's entering the twilight of DB careers, right? I mean, they don't really last too far for the most part. Well, beyond thirty four. Well, let's play glass half full for a second. Maybe a game like this where, you know, one of the reasons we're going to speculate why he probably wants out because he sees this as a dead-end situation right now. Mm. A team starting a massive rebuild. They're going to a rookie quarterback. You know, this could be a 12-13-14 loss season. You see little, you know, signs of life from your rookie quarterback and you win a big, you know, emotional game. I mean, God, the way they exploded onto the field after the – that game, that missed extra, uh, field goal, yeah. you think we just won a playoff game. So maybe that's something where he gets invested again. Well, I should hope so. But, I mean, at the same time, he's also guilty on the last play after the Giants had the Bucks, you know, with about a minute left. Mm-hmm. They took the lead. I mean, that was the time to show up if you were suddenly emotionally invested and instead he lets a guy run right past him. Yeah. To his credit, he made the tackle. I mean, I, I guess I can say that. He had the effort to stay near him. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Um, but we're we're also kind of right now burying the second lead of this game. You know, Daniel Jones is certainly one of the leads. The second lead is that Saquon Barkley went down. I mean that, you know, the 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 headline we were all waiting for was that Daniel Jones would show up and light it up, and you know that's there. But the more important headline is that Saquon Barkley has a very serious injury. It's looking like a high ankle sprain. He has an MRI scheduled for Monday. Um, but, you know, a high ankle sprain for a guy like Plaxico Burris, who's, what, 6'5 and 210 pounds maybe, mm-hmm. is not the same kind of high ankle sprain that I'm worried about on a guy who takes, who who's in, in the game on offense for how many snaps and is, like, made entirely out of muscle. I mean, that's a lot more weight to be cutting and twisting on an ankle. So I think if your standard is is six to seven weeks for a heel, you know, with a guy who who puts so much strain on his ankles, I would think you might even want to wait longer. And remember, we just finished week three. three. So we're looking at the end. Six of the or year. seven. Let's be conservative. Saying ten weeks is a week eleven. Well, you know, ten games. There the buy in there and everything. If this team, quite frankly, is like two and ten or two and nine, which is yeah. still very very possible. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, they may just shut him down yeah. because he is – him and Jones are the most important people in this franchise for the next decade. Yes. And this season means nothing. Very happy today we won. Emotional win. Rivalry game for myself and the Grump. 
but in the grand scheme of things, this season's going nowhere from a wins-loss perspective and making the playoffs. And I think our pizza just arrived. <laughs> Hello. Yes. <laughs> this is exciting news for you people listening. I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> sure, yeah, thank you. All right, we just figured out there's a pause button on here. So. There you go. Our pizza's on the way. Our Try pizza's on the way, everybody. So this will be a talk and eat chat. Yeah. So yeah. Also, um, don't get too jealous because I'm sure whatever pizza we're eating is not going to be in the same stratosphere of uh, you New Yorkers, New Jersey, New Jerseyans. Yes. We'd say who it was, but they're not sponsoring us either, so yeah. we don't get, even get the credit. Unfortunately. So. Um, yeah, but so the problem is going to be going forward. Obviously, that Barkley's not here, so they're really. You completely take away the lack of a running game. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to hurt Daniel Jones just in his development where it's going to be a very uh, one-dimensional offense going forward. He's going to have to carry that significant amount of the lift for this. Well, it's going to be interesting to see who they sign. Because I can't imagine that they're going to roll into you know the next couple of weeks with just Wayne Gallman on the roster. Uh, they had just recently cut Paul Perkins... Uh, not that that was much of a surprise. Not that he was any sort of um, elite talent running back. Um, but he knows the system. He does know the system, and I think there's a good chance that he can come back. Um, but I actually don't know if he's signed right now. Do you know? I have not seen that he has been oh, signed he is. He is on the Detroit Lions, so that is out. Okay. Um, we might see uh, Rod Smith or Hilleman, who I believe is actually on the practice squad, might just be elevated. But, you know, Wayne Gallman is not built for the same amount of carries per game that Barkley is, in my opinion. Yeah, but yeah, they're also, I don't think they, they'll use the load. You know, the, the mix of running to passing will not be the same if Wayne Gallman's there. Regardless, they yeah. need to sign somebody to fill the vacancy because there's, you just, I mean, he could get hurt in practice. There's a dime a dozen of those guys out there who can be serviceable for now, so. Ugh. Um... So, I mean, it, it's just – it's all over bad news about Barkley. However, it's – I understand Giants fans for minimizing it because it's the first win since December 9th of last year. <laughs> so it's – it has been some time now. Yeah. I mean, Grump, just watching the game from overall that we've a couple hours away from it. I mean, what what is your biggest takeaway on the positive and your biggest takeaway on the negative of this game besides you know, the obvious headlines of Jones and Barkley? Well, I would think that the, the obvious negative is that this defense can't seem to show up. I mean, I don't want to say that they, they came out of the locker room in the second half and they just absolutely dominated because they didn't. They played service. If they played that way from the whole game, it would have been a decent performance. I mean, it wasn't major. I think Bruce Arians and Brian Leftwich did an absolutely terrible job in the second half of not continuing to put their foot to the throat of the Giants because... They seriously get a pass for 650 yards if they wanted to. People are open all over the place at all times, and they decided to try to run the ball, and I think the Giants did a pretty decent job stopping the run. Stopping the run. And, and they were playing for first downs instead of playing to win this game by 50. That, that I'll agree with. They, they were throwing the ball. It's not like they totally took their foot off the gas, but they, they, you're right. They started throwing for six, seven yards instead of – the beginning of the game, they were just launching the ball downfield. It was open the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, to DeBetcher's credit, the pass rush did seem to show up. So there seems to have been adjustments happening in, in the locker room at halftime. But they, look, I'm sorry, you can't start a game the way they did and the way they did last week. It's, it's, 
it's A, putting your offense in a bad situation. B, it's destroying the confidence of your guys. And, and C, you can't expect any quarterback to come back from uh, 18-point deficit all the time. Yeah. Um, but, however, I did see some things that made me encouraged. And the way we have to look at this season going forward and the year after this and the year after that is slow and steady growth and development. And I think we saw that. Grump mentioned the, pa- the pass rush. We saw some green shoots of a pass rush. We saw some of the rookies playing a little better. Uh, it's not going to be something where all of a sudden it's going to take one week. Oh, oh my God, this is suddenly a functional defense. That's not what this team is going to be. There's going to be fits and starts and setbacks with it. So I think this we just need to have a lot of patience with this uh, with this team and when we see things that we see are encouraging, we jump on them, and we will point out things that are, are not. Absolutely. I mean, this is going to be that kind of year, right, where we're just – we're not ready for a Super Bowl run, but we are building here. So we need to see that the building blocks are stable mm-hmm. and that we can build a house with it. Daniel Jones is the, the entire foundation of that house, mm-hmm. and so far it looks really sturdy. I mean – it looks. I, it looks. It looks like the foundation is there. Sturdy to me is a little bit of a strong word. We've seen one game, mm-hmm, yes. so let's not all of a sudden go to Canton mm-hmm. and get his head sized for a bronze, you know, a bust. But I think Giant fans can feel legitimately more comfortable, much more comfortable than they did even watching the preseason games, because we said temper what you saw then. Mm-hmm. This was not a situation where they're going to put you know on a pedestal where. Everything they can to make him look good. He was out there with live bullets, say, for the first time, and he responded very co- calm and cool. That's something to build on going forward. Right. So I'm going I'm to give you the – I'm going to try not to blow sunshine up his ass, but, but here – so I'll give you, I'll give you the, the, the harsh reality of what we saw today. He played out of his ass. He played far better than I would have expected. But there are some serious things to work on. Number one is time in the pocket. Daniel Jones needs to understand where the rush is coming from and when it's coming from and when it's going to arrive a little bit better. He, it's not that he's totally clueless in the pocket, and it's not like he has happy feet and he, he thinks that it's there when it's not. He's just about a tick away from being correct, which is absolutely coachable. He can absolutely mm-hmm. fix that within the year, I would say. Let's, let's go back and think about who in the last seven to eight years the Giants have brought in as not necessarily the – Heir apparent to Eli Manning, but guys they've drafted mm-hmm. to like let's develop and see what happens. All had things like happy feet. All yeah. had things like super super quick internal clocks. Mm-hmm. We see the opposite with him here. No, he's calm. He, he he's a little too calm. Um, I'd rather have that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and to be fair, I'm not going to say Tampa Bay has a top five defense, but they have an excellent defensive line. I mean. Shaq Barrett, I believe, leads the league in sacks after today with eight sacks, eight eight sacks. Um, you know, Dominican Sue, I, I could write a whole book on how much of a physical freak Dominican Sue is. Vita Vea is a massive body, just throwing guys around. And we, to be to be fair, it, sorry to be frank, this offensive line is at worst a little bit around average and at best above average. And this you is not our, our offensive yes. line. It's it's not it's not an elite level talent that can handle this kind of defensive line for sixty minutes and do well. They started to struggle mostly down the stretch, particularly the tackles. 
I will give them a bit of a pass in the fact that there was absolutely zero threat of a running game yeah. when Barkley was gone. And to be very frank, Barkley wasn't moving the wasn't much of a running game even when he was in there. I mean, they made a concerted effort. They were going to shut down Barkley. the running game and shut down Barkley. He only had, I don't know the numbers in front of me. They're like 10 yards or something. Something like, like seven carries for 11 yards. It was something just bad, completely man. irrelevant. So that was their, their effort. And they're going to say, let the rookie beat us. And for the 11th time in the last 12 games, the Bucks let a rookie quarterback beat them. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, this is a first game. There is essentially no tape whatsoever on Daniel Jones. Next week is going to be a whole different story. There is now tape on him. And let me tell you about some flaws that were exposed. He, I don't want to say he completely stares down receivers, but he, he double clutches the ball. And this was a huge concern um, coming out of college. This is a double clutch. It's almost like... He's he's waiting for it to open up. He knows it's going to happen, but it's not there yet. And in the NFL, it's just not going to fly. Safeties are – there was a sure pick six that was dropped, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just – it's not the kind of thing that's going to fly. And he's going to have to work on that. And that's mechanics. And that's going to be Mike Shula, right? Yeah. And, you know, to be very honest, those are the type of things that are only going to be solved by playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have handed him the keys to the car. He is now the driver. And we, we're, we're going to have to go through these growing pains. I mean, that's, that's a simple fact. Yeah. And, again, I don't want to hear in three weeks when he has – he's probably going to lay an egg in one of these games coming up where he's going to look awful. I don't want to go back to all of a sudden, oh, that Gettleman doesn't know what he's doing, stupid draft pick, blah, 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 blah. We're invested in this kid, mm-hmm. and we're going to have to see it. And it, it's going to happen. So – um, I think there's a foundation there with this kid that I was very impressed with. And I think Grump said it, you know, he was calm. Yeah. And those are things you can't teach. And yeah. he, I, going back to my point about the, the coaching staff, they definitely set up an offensive game plan for him to succeed and to do things that could not happen with Eli Manning. Hmm. That touchdown play at the end of the game, absolutely zero chance that play is happening with Eli Manning. None. Yeah. Eli may have had a, a 22-yard scramble for a touchdown two years ago in Tampa Bay, but that was a little bit more dramatic. There was, you know, um, you know, that was, a, that was a scramble drill. This almost looked like a design. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it was, but Daniel Jones, he, he was also in the end zone by a mile. There's no mm-hmm. one that was going to catch him. Right. And quite frankly, it got to the point, to his credit, that only opened up because they had to respect his ability to throw people open. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the, you, if you if you watch the play, there's four or five bucks down at the bottom of your screen. I guess to Daniel Jones's left side, mm-hmm. t- around two receivers. I mean that that is over coverage because the entire middle of the field was wide open. And the only th- and now you're going to see the coaching staff, you know, passing this first test may open the playbook a little more for him and give him a little more trust in what he can do and his abilities and way to execute the game plan. So. These are all things that are just going to be built on, but it's not going to be, you know, just a, an arrow pointing straight up. And that's probably what we want to alert Giant fans and keep them even keeled. Well, I mean, enjoy tonight. Enjoy this week, for that matter. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> look at our, uh, our co-tenants at Giant Stadium right now and the disaster they are right now. And... Uh, it's really amazing how, and again, this is probably going into overreaction Monday mode. You're listening to this on a Monday morning, but uh, 
How do you feel right now about the long-term aspects of the Giants versus the Jets after this one game? Yeah. Do you, do people starting to see what the Gettleman plan was? Does it make a little more sense to you other than he has no idea what he's doing and it's a complete disaster? I mean, it's, it's okay to toe the line there and be like, he's done some moves I don't agree with, but the, the plan I get, and that would be me. You know, I'm not 100% sure I agree with trading Odell Beckham. I, you know, I understand it. I get it. I'm not sure I totally agree. You know, I don't agree with Jonathan Stewart being signed last year. I didn't agree with Patrick Obama, even though I knew it was a stopgap solution. You know, there are, there are steps that I don't 100% agree with, but the plan of this team needs to be built from the inside out. We need to establish, you know, you know, you bring in new coaches. You take some veterans from their system that know it and they can help teach it. It all makes sense. And this is a, a step-by-step plan that I believe is working. I think this team is getting better than when they were before Gettleman showed up. I, I, you know, I can make that same assessment on every single GM in this league, including New England. Hmm. You know, that I may not agree with every single move they make. Well, you were a big fan of the Antonio Brown pickup, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was as a team that could afford to roll the dice. Yeah. And it didn't work, so be it. But, you know, I, I had no problem with them trying. Why, I mean... You have the opportunity to do it. But my, my point is that the good GMs have a plan that they can execute. And it may not be, again, straight up, but it's all going to trend towards what they're trying to do. And, you know, this team was in a lot bigger trouble than even you as a Giant fan thought it was. Mm-hmm. It had to be gutted. Gutted meaning getting rid of guys that are better than the players that are playing right now in the short term and ready to play right now. Would Odell Beckham, would he stand and be patient for the Daniel Jones maturation to go from first-time starter to the, 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 the peaks and valleys he's going to have this first year? Or at what point does he start getting pissy? Because it, we'll never know that. Well, but, you know, something that Gettleman has made, you know, a probably gambled his future on Daniel Jones and the decision to get rid of guys like Beckham to let it play out the way it is playing out right now. Absolutely. He's 100% tied to, to Daniel Jones right. at this point. And he's, quite frankly, he's tied to Odell Beckham. You know, yeah. the, if, if Beckham goes to Cleveland and becomes a Hall of Famer based on his time in Cleveland, mm-hmm. I mean, like, it absolutely demolishes records. And, you know, that decision, if the Giants flounder and fail for years and years to come will be absolutely connected though. What I can't believe they traded him away. Look at how bad they were without him, etc. If Daniel Jones becomes, you know, the next Eli Manning that we all hope he will, you know, that's gonna be connected to Gettleman too, especially because it was such a harshly criticized pick by not just fools like me and the cranky fan here, but, you know, fools that get paid a lot of money to analyze these things. Mm-hmm. So you know it, it's it's all tied to him, and he's he's gonna have to own it. And so far, it's not looking so bad, you know. And, yeah. and again, this is a team that is in flux. This is not his full vision. Oh, by the way, uh, we're, we're as we are recording this, we are watching with one eye on the uh, the Rams Cleveland game right now. And Baker Mayfield, with four and a half minutes left in the third quarter, looks like shit. Oh. <laughs> I mean, my my point being though is that we mentioned about this last week. And, of course, he just hits a guy in the end zone for a touchdown, so I'd like an asshole. And we can't edit this because we're doing this live. But 
my point being is that, you know, we mentioned this last week, that they don't have, you know, the offensive line that they did last year and mm-hmm. things like that. So at what point does Beckham kind of lose his patience with Baker Mayfield and this team? We don't know that. Yeah. Could be later this year, could be next year, who knows? It could never happen. My have- thing is I think the decision to say that this team is not going to be Odell Beckham's team or some young veteran into veteran deciding that this team is going to grow with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley as being the leaders of this team could be something that really pays off for the culture of this team going forward. It could be. And they may be busts, they may not be leaders, it may not never happen, but if it works out, you're building a nucleus and they're growing together for the next several years and could be really good. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, it, it Only time's going to tell. You know, for, for now, I would say... Daniel Jones had a remarkable first game. I mean, of all rookie quarterback first games, I mean, how would you rank this one from what you can think of off the top of your head? In the NFL? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could think of some great college debuts where, like, holy Christ. But in the NFL, nothing really stands out to me as, like, whoa, boy. Yeah. I mean, this is a rookie. And we've talked about this. You know, this is not what quarterbacks usually do. In the NFL, they don't come right in and start playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're in week three. We're not in week fourteen of the first season. This is week three. Um, I think one thing it also did, which is probably more important for the fan base and hopefully the media too, it's changing the narrative of team in disarray, bad draft pick, mm-hmm. don't know what they're doing. Woe is them! This is a dumpster fire. Yeah, I mean, for no other reason for perception. Yes. And that's the best thing that can happen for Daniel Jones is not having to hear and for Pat Shermer Mm -hmm. to hear all these questions about is he going to come back in? What's going on with this kid? Life is a lot easier that way and perception is very important in this league. Winning solves every problem in the NFL. Well, even winning, even if if they kick that last second field goal and the Bucs win this game. The perception of Daniel Jones has changed 100%. And that's something that, you know, he will have more breathing room. And Sherman will have more breathing room to let the kid develop in the way he is and not force things that aren't as important just to get people on their side again. Yeah. um, You know, even if this team doesn't do well record-wise, it will be, I assume, based on tonight, looked at as a franchise on the up. You know, a franchise that has now put some building blocks together and, you know, they have a a number of draft picks. They have some cap room. This is a team that is got the base down and is ready to build on top of it. And, you know, this thing doesn't mean anything to me, but it means something to fans. It means something to attendance. That's hype. That's off-season hype. That's, that's, you know, it's perception. It's like you said. it's, It's important overall. That only goes so far, though. Of course. What, of what, course. What the fan base has to accept that the foundation has been set, the pieces are coming into place. That, that does not mean that this will happen by week five or in 2019. So keep all of this in mind. And when you go to Giant Stadium, you know, next Sunday and you're pissed off because, you know, again, the, the defense can't get off the field or if Daniel Jones does struggle next week. Remember this, that it's going to be a rocky road. Mm. That's all we can say, and we're going to keep saying that every single week on this show because 
it's the truth, and I think it's something that people have to be reminded on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the last thing I think I'm going to say is uh, thank, thanks to Giants Faithful for showing up. I mean, I know that this is, you know, the home away from home, but it was it was a decent split on the crowd. It was nice and loud. I mean, you know, you guys show up in numbers, show up in numbers. I, I, hope, I hope this gets reciprocated at MetLife Stadium. I hope the energy returns to MetLife Stadium returns like it was there. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's good to have fans in it. You know, and I, I think that, uh, you know. Yeah, with that last uh, that last second kick, we were sitting almost on the 50-yard line. We had really good seats. Yeah. And when the kick happened, all I saw were these hands go up. And I assumed that he made the kick. I mean, obviously, he was a 30-yarder. He should have made it. And I saw all these hands go up. And I'm like, oh, shit. Those were all giant fans who were celebrating that he missed it. Yeah. So it took me a second to register what was going on. And... Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the giant away crowd, and kudos to the giant away crowd. Apparently, all of you listened to our yeah. our, vis, our away fan 101 primer on what to do and how to act. because Not I, one fight? No, not I one, yeah, no, no. I think people were pretty, uh, you know, little boisterous, but you know something? That was a big emotional win. Um, I'd like to see, at some point in my life, MetLife Stadium have that atmosphere of the traveling faithful that did come. Mm-hmm. So, but hey, Grump and I have had a very, very long and exhausting weekend. We happened to see my high school team kick my rival's ass. We saw my college team kick a rival's ass. And we saw our Giants beat a you know personal rival of ours. No, well, Tampa didn't kick anything. That's the problem. <laughs> We're glad we see them not kick anything. So... We're very tired. It's late on Sunday night, so we appreciate you listening to this. Yeah. And um, as always, in the interim, whenever there's no episodes going on, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at football underscore grump, and you can listen to the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all the usual places, probably some ones I didn't mention. doesn't matter. You guys know where to find it, and that's what's important. Be sure to leave a five-star rating and a, a nice happy review and tell all your friends. You catch me as always at the Cranky Fan, where uh, I'm going to sleep tonight, but tomorrow I'll be ready to talk to everybody about everything. Giants football, Gators football, Rays baseball playoff run is happening now. I'm ready to start engaging with Yankee fans as we get ready towards the postseason. Uh, a lot going on, so I'm at, I was always at the Cranky Fan. So uh, we really appreciate all you guys suffering along with us and, and keeping the faith with us. You know, We have a very, very... A very smart group of followers who uh, listen to the show and follow us on Twitter. So we love interacting with you. So we will do more of that going forward. Yeah, absolutely. There was actually uh, one of our fans was at the game. If if I had known beforehand, um, we're always down to meet people and and have a drink. So you know, I you know, if you guys are going to MetLife ever and you guys listen to the show, shoot one of us a tweet. There's a good chance that we'll be there. I mean, almost almost every game at home. Yeah, I will not be there next week, but uh, Grump will be there. Yeah, I'll be there. I have no idea who my partner is going to be, but someone someone will be there in Cranky Fan's place that's going to keep me in good spirits and out of trouble. <laughs> so, um, But with that, go, go Giants. Giants.